but it's different this time. That's what everyone says about the real estate bubble, but does it really matter when the results are the same? That's what we're going to talk about on this episode of Real Estate Revenue. Everybody, welcome to Real Estate Revenue. I'm your host, Paul Airy, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the real estate bubble and whether or not it's different than the last time, like everyone says. Or does that even matter if the results are the same? This ought to be an interesting episode. Um, We're having some rain here today. First time in like 60 days, 90 days that we've had rain. We've been in a drought. Uh, It's a pretty good storm. And I was going to postpone recording this, but I thought, no, this episode really could use some background sound effects and the thunder and lightning might just be what we need to go with this because of, uh, of what we're heading for in uh, real estate and the rest of the economy. When you turn on the news, you look at Fox Business News, you look at uh, uh, CNBC, MSNBC, you look at all the business shows, you talk to real estate agents, the residential real estate agents and people who buy, invest in houses and some commercial, what I hear over and over is, well, this this is different this time. It's not like 2008. They passed laws. They changed things. That can't happen again. Well, I call BS on that. It doesn't matter if they passed laws. It doesn't matter if they changed anything. We're still having the same result. There's more than one way to get to a point on the map. And they just got rid of one way. We found another. So what's happening right now in real estate, it's caused by something different than last time. So yeah, it's different than last time. Doesn't mean it's any better. In fact, the bubble is bigger. And that's going to present some interesting problems and interesting opportunities coming up in the next couple of years. So in the last bubble in 2008, if you were into real estate, if you owned real estate, uh, there were basically two outcomes. It either hurt you or it helped you. Uh, You may not have lost your real estate, but it was kind of painful until you got through it. Some of you, some people out there lost their real estate. They lost everything. And to say that that cannot happen again is so short-sighted, so, so blind. Um, it just, uh, <laughs> you know, I have these discussions sometimes with real estate agents and family members, and, and they tell me that. They say, oh, it's the same thing. It's, or it's not the same. They tell me it's not the same as last time. It's not going to happen again. Uh, it doesn't matter when you buy real estate. If the market's up or down, it's always going to go up. Well, yeah, it will, but why would you buy when it's the most expensive that it's ever been? Why would you buy at the top of the market 
Why wouldn't you buy at a normal market or at the bottom of the market? You know what that is like? It's like when you decide to go out and uh, say you decide to go out and wash your car. Before you wash it, you decide, well, I'm going to go out and drive it through the mud and splatter mud and dirt all over it and then go back and wash it. That's what it's like buying at the top of the market. It's the same same kind of logic. It doesn't make any sense that you would hurt yourself that way. So I live in a little town in the Austin area. I don't live in Austin, Texas, but I live in the area. We have about 70,000 people. And normally, three or 400 houses on the market be pretty normal. So I started noticing some things around town. We have a lot of construction going on here. A lot of new neighborhoods being built. And normally, those if you go to Realtor.com, those houses don't even show up on there because they're pre-sold. Uh, they aren't showing up on the market. People are buying those before they start construction, right? So I got on Realtor.com the other day, uh, yesterday as a matter of fact, and I noticed the total number of houses for sale, 1,301 homes for sale, single family houses. That excluded farms, ranches, land, townhouses, condos, just single-family homes. And then I went I went into the filter section and I took out the homes that were pending or under contract, in other words, or contingent. I got it down to 1,165 that were active for sale. Now, that's a lot of houses. It's a lot of inventory. So let's talk about that. How many of you out there have heard people on the business channels, people people who supposedly know what the hell they're talking about saying we have a housing shortage of 4 million to 5 million units in the U.S. Well, if there's a shortage, why is the inventory going up, the unsold inventory? You know, when demand goes down for something, you no longer have a shortage. You only have a shortage of a product when everybody wants it and there's not enough of it to go around. When people stop wanting it, then you have a surplus. You don't have a a shortage anymore. When the demand is gone and you still have the inventory, then you have a surplus. It's not a shortage. So they need to stop calling it a shortage. I think we're getting past that. So let me get back to my numbers. 1,165 homes for sale in this city of 70,000 people. That is way too many houses for sale in the city of 70,000 people. And keep in mind, I filtered out the townhouses, the condos, and the duplexes, and things like that. It's just single-family houses. So I was looking at the new listings, and just yesterday, in one day, 46 new listings in this town of 70,000 people. That's a lot for one day. In the last seven days, 381 new listings. That should be the normal amount for, for a total number of listings. And in the last 30 days, 644 new listings. 
So there's a lot of houses going on the market, a lot of price reductions. 30% of the houses in this market, in this city, have had a price reduction. 381 houses with a price reduction. Some price reductions as high as $100,000. Excuse me, 120000 was the highest one I saw. Uh, there were others for 50,000, 80,000, 100,000, and then all the way down to 10,000, 5,000. So now let's talk about, uh, well, first of all, why am I even talking about residential real estate? This is a commercial real estate show, right? Well, all of these things are related, commercial real estate and residential real estate. When it comes to the market, um, we're going to have some issues like this showing up in commercial real estate as well. Uh, this is what's showing up now, and I believe that it won't be long. And this kind of thing will be showing up in the commercial market as well. It'll be a little different because it's commercial properties. Uh, the commercial properties aren't mass-produced like residential. We don't have... Um, uh, in residential, we have these neighborhoods going up, and even in this town, several of these neighborhoods with hundreds of homes being built. They're all cookie cutter tract homes, and they're large ones. They're, you know, average around three thousand square feet. Um, so it's easier to do the research on the housing market, and then. Uh, the residents or the commercial market will come, uh, and uh, I'll get to that in just a minute. So new construction, 564 new listings in new construction. Uh, why is that? When normally I would only see about maybe 10 of those, 10 or 12 out of the total listings being new construction. Well, they used to sell those, they used to pre-sell those before they even started building them. So they didn't come up on the market, but now, uh, now they're coming up on the market. The builders are having to list these, they're having to put them out there, having to advertise them, market these houses for sale, because what happened in the last few months, what's happened to change things? Interest rates have gone up. People went and put a house under contract to build. Interest rates were 3%. And now, before the houses are finished, I'm having residential agents tell me they can't get they can't get a mortgage for their clients for under six or six and a half percent. So they've basically doubled the interest rates. People are backing out of the contracts. The deals are falling through, and the houses are sitting there unsold, unfinished, and it's uh. It, it's not going to be pretty. These construction companies, these large home builders, they're really hurting right now. They have got thousands of homes around the country, thousands each, sitting there where the contracts have fallen through or they couldn't get them sold. Uh, they went in and bought all this land. They built, put in streets, developed it, you know, put in streets, water, sewer, electricity. And... Started building houses, building spec houses. Well, they were doing just fine as long as interest rates were 
were uh, manipulated down below 3%, and that's exactly what they were. The, the interest rate should not have been that low in, uh, uh, in the first place. And that's, what's, that's a lot of what's causing this. So now these guys are stuck with all these houses. What are they going to do with them? So I was about driving around in, uh, in my town here in the Austin, Texas area, supposedly one of the hottest markets in the country. And I've been noticing last few weeks, it seems like all the construction activity stopped. You used to drive by these neighborhoods. You know, we used to drive by them on the way to lunch or something, on the way to dinner or out shopping. And we'd see all these houses, construction people all over the place. Uh, work was, was, it was a busy place. You know, you could go through this neighborhood, have to dodge trucks and construction people and porta potties. And, and uh, now we started noticing we were driving by, by and the houses weren't making any progress. We would see the uh, houses were framed up and, and almost dried in and, uh, you know, had a roof on them. The wind, some, of the, some of them had windows, some didn't. They didn't have any brick or siding on them yet. And then suddenly they, they stayed the same for weeks. So I started driving through the neighborhoods, and what I found was dozens of houses with nobody there, no crews working, no construction workers, they were just sitting there, and I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know if they just stopped work until they can get a buyer or if they stopped work because they can't pay the labor anymore. I don't know. But I do know from being in the construction business myself and building single-family homes, they're paying to own that property unless they had a lot of cash and they paid for that house construction in cash. They're paying interest every single day on that property. Sooner or later, they're going to have to dump those properties, finished or unfinished. Either they're going to have to make the decision to do that themselves, or their lender is going to make the decision for them. And I've mentioned on the show before that uh, in the past, I've been that this is my fourth economic crash, if you want to call it that that I remember that I paid attention to the first one was when I was building houses and luckily I only got stuck with two houses and, uh, other people I knew had, uh, knew one guy in my town that had a whole street full of houses. He probably lost, uh, well, he lost a lot of money. He lost all those houses. I met a builder in Dallas who, uh, the bank, the lender uh, that he uses called him up and said, look, we've got this whole street or two, this whole neighborhood of development of unfinished homes. Would you please take them off our hands? <laughs> we're begging this guy to buy these. They were just going to basically let him take them over and finish them. They were unfinished homes. And, uh, we're kind of getting into that kind of situation on a much larger scale right now. If this city is any indication of what's going on in other towns, I mean, we've only got, I mean, there's a little town right up the road here. Their, their population sign says 2,500 people, but they've got that. They've got probably five times that much right now, just because of the new 
new neighborhoods that have been built and that are under construction. And I'm shocked that they're still starting these developments. I see them out there with their sewer pipe and water pipe getting ready to run those lines. And I'm thinking, are these people nuts? Uh, they're, they're, I don't know what they're doing that for. I mean, they're, they're basically digging themselves a bigger hole. Now, here's the next problem. So almost 50% of the houses for sale in this little town are new construction homes. Finished, unfinished, unstarted, whatever. They are new construction, almost 50%, almost half of these houses. That's a problem. Now, what happens if these companies go bankrupt? What happen if, happens if they go broke or if they just if they default on the loans on these houses? Who, who, what's going to happen to these half-finished homes? Somebody got to come in and bulldoze them down? Are they going to come in and buy them up and finish them? Uh, are the lenders going to almost give these houses away to get them finished and get them off their books? I don't know. And I'm not a financial expert, not a financial advisor. I just do real estate. So uh, I just know that these lenders don't like holding property that they've loaned money on. And sooner or later, they got to get rid of it one way or another. Because what happens is when a property sits empty for a certain amount of time, the insurance companies will pull the insurance policy. You can't insure a vacant property forever. It becomes a high-risk property. They're either going to pull the policy or they're going to jack up the price on the policy and you're going to pay through the nose for the insurance. And you're going to start having a lot of vandalism, uh, squatters, and you know, it's just, it spirals down from there. So hopefully that won't happen. Hopefully, hopefully they'll get all this stuff finished because, you know, I don't want to live in a town with a bunch of half empty or half finished houses. So they need to get them done. The other part that these talking heads talk about on these uh, business shows that I seem to be addicted to watching because I want to know what's going on, uh, the labor market. Do you really believe the government's labor report that just came out that said they created 528,000 new jobs? They can't even tell the truth about inflation. They're trying to redefine what, in, what a recession is. We have a recession going on technically and more than technically. Ask anybody who tries to buy groceries or gas and they're trying to say we have the strongest recovery. <laughs> Little lightning thunder there. They're trying to say we have the strongest recovery of any economic situation ever. I mean, that's just nonsense. So why would you believe them about their labor reports? Saying we have a strong labor market. Here's the truth. Layoffs are going crazy right now. Companies are laying people off. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before. I've got a few new numbers here. Other people are starting to talk about it. George Gammon on the Rebel Capitalist podcast is talking about this. Uh, it's not insignificant number of layoffs. It's There's a lot. Uh, Peloton, 2,800 people in February and another 2,000 in uh, 
over the summer in June and July. Ford, 8,000 people they've laid off. And you know if Ford is doing it, Tesla is laying off 10% of their workforce. If Ford and Tesla are laying off people, you know General Motors, Chrysler, everybody else are laying off people. And we haven't heard it yet, but I'm pretty sure they're laying them off. Uh, Amazon is, well, I'm going to leave Amazon for last because they're the big one. Facebook, 10% of their workforce. That's about 5,800 people. Coinbase, 18% of their workforce laid off. That's eleven about 1,100 people. The Loan Depot, 2,000 people they got rid of. That's because the mortgage market, the mortgage business is starting to go down the toilet. Mortgage brokers all over the place are getting laid off, and it's not just Loan Depot. I know Wells Fargo's laying off. Uh, some of the other banks are laying off. Okay, so let's talk about Amazon. This is the shocking one. 100,000 people are being laid off from Amazon. If the economy's in such a great recovery, the labor market is so great, if the demand for workers is so high, why is Amazon laying off 100,000 people? Why is Ford laying off 8,000 people? Facebook, 5,800 people. Why, why are all these layoffs happening? So do you really believe the government when they say we have a strong labor market? Do you really believe the people on Fox Business News, on CNBC, on MSNBC, when they say we have a strong labor market? It's fantastic. I don't buy that. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but it just doesn't make sense that they would say that when these layoffs are coming. Now, these layoffs, when they come, what's that going to do? Foreclosures. People are going to lose their homes. And uh, we're already starting to see that anyway because the moratoriums on evictions and on foreclosures, uh, mortgage foreclosure moratoriums, are gone now. Lenders are free free to foreclose on people not paying their mortgages. A lot of those people who got a forbearance or who were saved by the moratorium. Uh, they're having to go back and pay back all those back amounts, those back payments. Maybe they're still not able to catch up. Uh, plus, interest rates have gone up. Guess what? There are 6.9 million adjustable rate mortgages on houses in the United States. 6.9 million of them who have interest rates going up. Now, how does this all affect commercial properties? Well, a lot of commercial mortgages are also adjustable rate mortgages. A lot of commercial deals are getting canceled because during the process, during the the normally long contract periods for a commercial transaction, interest rates have gone up. And when you're talking about deals that are in the millions of dollars in some of the larger commercial deals like apartments and uh, large office buildings, uh, any kind of property like that, even storage facilities and uh, uh, hotels and things like that, when you have a 1% or 2% increase in the mortgage rate or when the interest rate doubles, people are going to go back and start reevaluating that property And if the seller won't lower the price to make their deal work, they're going to back out. So that's 
one way that it's going to affect the commercial real estate market. We're going to have some deals that fall through. There's going to be a lot of them. And uh, it's just, it's going to start the dominoes falling. And then you go to China, you've got some commercial mortgage-backed securities issues over there. You've got some here. When those start to fall, that's going to take people's pension plans and 401ks out. That's what that money's invested in. A lot of that money's invested in commercial mortgage-backed securities and mortgage-backed securities. People need to get out of that stuff. You need to get out of 401. Yeah, it's not, this is not financial advice. I would never, I would, <laughs> there's no way I would have a 401k right now. Personally, I would get rid of it, pay the penalties, put it in something like some real estate that I know is a hard asset that's going to be there. It's not paper. You're not investing in somebody's paper. Uh, China's going through a real estate crisis right now. Their builders have stopped building and their buyers are mad because in that country, to buy a house from a builder, you have to get the mortgage and start making payments on it before the construction starts. And now they're having a revolt. They're saying, okay, you're not finishing the house, so we're going to stop making payments. Well, that's what's that doing to the, to the banking system then in China? They've got some problems. You don't see it on the news. Go to YouTube and look at some of the financial people on YouTube talking about China. Look at Stephen Van Meter's uh, Steven Van Meter has a, a YouTube channel and he's, he's like the ultimate financial nerd. And this guy has some good information and he knows what's going on in China. Watch that channel. See, see what you think about China and how that's going to affect us. So that's about it. That's about all the time we have for today. And, uh, uh, I hope I didn't make this sound too negative. Uh, I mean, it is bad. There are things happening that, that you have to watch out for. But as always, I say, uh, when uh, things like this happen, there are opportunities. If you have cash, uh, don't don't uh, don't get in such a hurry to go out and buy real estate now. Uh, things are going to happen in the next eighteen months or so. You're going to have some big opportunities in real estate. Some millionaires are going to be made. I hope it's you. I hope that one of them is you, and. Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do some good with this. We're gonna make something good come out of all this bad stuff. So uh, that's it for this time, and um, see you on the next episode of Real Estate Revenue.